Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, the podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events for the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Good. How was your weekend? It was, um, again, always uneventful, um, kind of yeah. prepared for the cold weekend that we had. Um, you know, here in Texas, it gets freezing, right. uh, bust out all the parkas and turn on the fireplace and, you know, just uh, bunker down and hunker down for the winter. Do you have a fireplace? No, we don't. No, oh, no. I don't either. I wish we did. Yeah, just that. that's it. I mean, didn't really do anything else. No movies this weekend? I saw one movie and it's not in theaters. It was at home. And I watched The Woman King. And the Woman King. I think I've seen the trailer on that. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Yeah. It's Is a really it okay? good movie. Yeah. Real good movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about you? How, how was your weekend? Well, I went to Oklahoma. Uh, my friend bought some land there. So we went up there and he had season tickets to the Oklahoma Sooners versus Oklahoma State Cowboys Battle of the Bedlam, and it is the very last one. Very last one? Oh, yes. because um, uh, uh, Oklahoma's moving over to the SEC, right? To the Yep, yep. Ah. So they're moving over, so this is the, the last of... Because yeah, next year will be in, in Oklahoma State, right? And it'll be it in, would be, it but, would. but they're not gonna. Oh, I think they, I think I thought they were moving in 2025. No, it's next yeah. year. Is what oh, wow. Saying, yeah. wow! They're trying to buy them out. Then couldn't believe that there was 84,000 people at this place. Oh yeah, like, I've, I've been to the Longhorns one to, okay. at Austin, and uh, there's over 100, 104,000 people in that stadium. That's more than the city we live in. Oh, or just about. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. But 84,000 people. 84,000 people. Uh, I've only been to one other college game uh, in my life, so this was kind of cool to to see all the pomp and circumstance they do and yeah. all the traditions. Traditions. And they don't ever sit down. No. Which was good because it was freezing. Oh, was it? It was so cold. I bet. It's Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. It was really cold, but nobody, everybody stayed till the end. It was really cool. I had a really good time. A lot of warm beverages or cold beverages? I had two cold beverages and that was it. My yeah. hands were cold. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm over this. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I go to like a high school football game here and, and when it gets cold, I like the hot chocolate yeah yeah absolutely in, you know, yeah. So, yeah yeah so good. so who won uh well uh oklahoma state was supposed to you know trash them yeah and uh oklahoma sooners came out 28 nothing in the first half first half yeah a lot of uh the people around me is like that's not the oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. they have no defense the quarterback's not very good but you know they they crush them in the first first half and then and then Oklahoma Sooners showed up as their normal selves in the second half and had a total of thirty yards and oh, no wow. points. But they the still half. but they still won. They still won, luckily. And what was the final score? Do you remember? 28-13. 28-13. What was the most uh, exciting part of the whole uh, yeah, the whole event? So at the end of the third quarter, they have this thing called the light show uh-huh. and you everybody takes your phone you download the sooner app and oh. you all sync to this app That's and then sweet. they play music and and the phones all blink, blink at, the same time. at the same time oh that's interesting very very cool man so now they got your information 
Now they got your information. Not mine. Yeah, because you, know, you didn't participate. Uh-uh, because <laughs> I, always, I always carry around a tin, tin full of hats. Yeah, yeah so exactly. I'm always a scary cat. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So did you um did you enjoy any of these, uh the, the combat sports this past weekend? You know, I had to ke- do all uh, catch-up. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't get to see it, get a chance to, to watch them. I actually, actually, when I got off, got done with the uh, game and we got back, I actually watched the UFC yeah. fights. And it was funny because uh, I I went to tune in to uh, the the fight that I really wanted to see, and all of a sudden I couldn't find it on ESPN because the mainliner was no longer the main main event. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost typical of the UFC, especially these little fight night ones, um, that something's always going to change. Something changes. It's like it's not in it's not not in the cards for it to change. When I saw the little uh, app pixel that they have on there and it was showing Kudalaba, I'm like, why are they showing him? Where's oh, no. Lewis? Right. I don't understand. What happened to Lewis? Yeah, yeah so yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. Yeah, we'll definitely jump, go ahead and jump in right into the UFC fight night. It's supposed to be Lewis versus Spivak. Did you get a little bit um, you know, of um, you know, information of maybe what, what happened or what went down that, that we didn't get this main event? Something about he wasn't medically... C- cleared or you had an illness what did what did you see i heard it was non-covid related okay. not what non-weight cutting related it okay. was just a, maybe like a, a stomach bug oh boy that uh wasn't that he that Derek lewis had to even go to the hospital what and, uh oh, you know deal that. with that and so he wasn't cleared to fight and thus we have a main event change Yes, and thankfully we previewed that, right? Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the the main event was Ian Kutalaba versus Kennedy Zuncheku. But before we get into it, did you did you see any preliminaries, or did you get into any of that? I didn't. I saw one other fight. It was uh, Delo Monte, I think, was yeah, the fight. De, yeah, Magdalena, Delo Magdalena. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, he did great. I yeah. mean, that was a good fight. Um, you know what? There was uh, several knockouts on this card. Oh wow! I yeah, didn't see that. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and jump into the co-main event of the evening. We had Chase Sherman versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. Acosta coming in undefeated, coming from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, you know, 6-4 against Chase, the vanilla gorilla, Sherman. Two fighters thrusted into a co-main event look to make a statement in this heavyweight division. Now Chase Sherman really needed a win here. I mean, he was um he's teetering on the ledge, right? Of yep. of cuz he's coming in 5 and 5 in his last 5 fights. Um he looked good first first round using his leg kicks. I mean, I think if he would have stayed using his leg kicks, he would have been even more dominant. Yeah, you know, Acosta was targeting the body while you said Sherman was looking to chop his opponent's lead leg. I think he had learned that from Acosta's previous fight two weeks ago where his opponent was actually chopping at that, and he sure thought was. maybe it was still tender and hadn't healed up. Yeah, definitely. But um, for some reason, Sherman in the second and third round, he abandoned that. Um, but he absorbed a lot of hits. Chase Sherman does have a chin. Um, he's he's a warrior. He just stayed in there. They both traded great shots, but um, you know Acosta would just look the more fresher, the more um, the one that was landing the harder shots. Yeah, and, and uh, even though Sherman had had hurt Acosta a mm-hmm. few times, a few times the power of Acosta was too much. No, definitely. In the end, we do have Waldo a quote. Cortez Acosta defeating Chase Sherman via unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28. What do you think about those scores? 
There's always one judge that it's seems to have it, isn't it? Yeah, it gave all three rounds to Acosta. It doesn't make sense because I agree with the other two, 29-28. Yeah. It was a close fight. You could really have gone either fight. way. Yeah. So what do you think is next for our winner, Cortez Acosta? Well, he's 9-0 now. Looked great in this one. He did call out a fighter after the fight, Mohamed Usman. Problem with that is I just think Usman doesn't have enough experience yet, but I think a fight with Tanner Bozer would make more sense for him. Yeah, and actually I was looking for rankings, um, and I for some reason the website that I typically use uh, is down. It is down. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of going blind right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? It's, uh, he still looked green, right? Uh, he did. Acosta doesn't really have uh, a lot of uh, defensive uh, capabilities against leg work, um, and maybe hone up his ground game and someone maybe a little bit an Usman would be a really good one especially since Usman's also in his second or third fight uh, in the UFC I believe yeah how about for Chase Sherman 16 and 11 now I don't think Sherman looked himself in this fight he's now war, uh, one and four in his last five fights he just needs to pick a fight that's winnable at this point, or he's not going to be in this promotion anymore. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, he was came in five and five. Now he's five and six in his last um, eleven fights. So yeah, he's teeter tottering on that edge, uh, especially in a division that you know we do have some up and comers coming up. Next up, we do have the main event of the evening: Ian Kutalaba versus Kennedy Nzichuku um, in the light heavyweight division class. Again, this was moved up to the main event of the evening. A co-main event fight that suddenly got put into the main event. Saw some fireworks with these knockout artists. Kutalaba came in, um, you know, one and four and won his last six fights. But that, that you know, he's a really tough uh, fighter. Uh, really dangerous. A lot of power coming up. Um, Zuchuku, uh, he was five and three in his last um, seven um, and seven, five and three in his last seven with his seven wins coming from with knockout. Kudalaba connected early, uh, and I thought, to be honest with you, he was on his way to dominate uh, this fight because he he dominated him in the first round. He he did what he wanted. He was getting he was trying to do a standing Kimura, had mm -hmm. him on the ground. I, I thought Kudalaba looked good in the first round. What yeah, the Hulk came in. He did do Hulk things in the first and second he round. Um, but in the end, we do have uh, Inzucheku um, turning things around and finally lining some great strikes, finally getting that TKO in the second round. He was really – Kennedy was really tentative, I think. I think he, he didn't know where the range was. He was trying to find it out. He wanted to stay out of the power of Kudalabra. And like you said, in the second round, he let those hands go, and it was game over. What do you think is next for Zucheku? Well, 11-3, solid win from against a solid opponent. Uh, I think a top 15 may be in his future. A fight with Volkan Ozemir should be next. Oh, that's fun. That, that's that's a lot of fun. How about for um, Ian Kutalaba, who's on this, the wrong side of things again, but he's still, I think he's still game um, for this division. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He's 16-9, and 1-3-1 one, now in this division. Uh, I think a win is needed to keep his job maybe in this promotion. I like a winnable fight uh, for him against an Alonzo Menafield. I like that too. Um, you know, this whole card was on paper. We are just kind of like the only thing that was really there that we wanted to see was um, our local hero, right, uh, uh, Derek Lewis. Yeah. Um, but after that was scratched, we really didn't know what to expect from no. this card. That the, the bar that we had set uh, – Previewing, previewing these this card, 
got dropped a lot for me in my head, and I basically was like, hey, I'll take anything from any of these fights and, and call it a win. I thought they ended up at a seven. Yeah, it was kind of it was decent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, um, we're looking at the top five fights in the main card. The three of them ended with the TKO, yep. with Jack uh, Della Magdalena defeating Danny Roberts by TKO in the first round, and Muslim Sokolov uh, defeating Andre Fihalo with a TKO spinning wheel kick. And I don't know if you saw that bit; that was devastating. Yeah, it was um, uh, the ref actually stopped it uh, without even. I think a lot of people are saying maybe it was too soon, but it looked perfect the way that the yeah, ref stopped it. It did. Um, well, do you know who do you do you think there was any fight of the nights? I don't think there was a a fight, you know, back and forth action. I do think there's probably some performances though. Yeah, definitely. We do have four performances okay. uh, awarded um, because we, there were no bonus awards uh, for a uh, fight of the night. Yeah, I'm gonna assume it's gonna be Inzuku is probably one of them. Yeah. Uh, Delamanto is probably one of them. Yeah. Um. Oh, I got. I, I got to believe the previous fight before the main event. Um, I thought Acosta. No, I actually did not. Um, you did not. It okay. was actually Zuchiku, uh, Sakalov, okay. Madalena, and uh, Natalia Silva. Okay. Were, were the ones. All right. Um, which Silva came in. She was the first fighter night with a spinning back kick, uh, TKO of Teresa Belida. Well, I mean, that's now. What's on? What's what's next on tap for this week for I the th- UFC? I think the train is back into the uh, is is recharging. Huh? Yeah, aren't they? They're yeah. back. Yeah, definitely. We they're don't back have- in the station making repairs and. Yeah, right. happy Thanksgiving to all the fighters. You yeah. know, because I mean, that's uh, one of the things I think. One reason, probably, I don't know, maybe they yeah. they, uh, they didn't want any any fights for this week. Um, but so this weekend, there's no fights. So our next week is going to be UFC uh, on ESPN, Thomas versus Holland. And we'll preview that uh, next week. Okay. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Khabib states, if Volganovsky is a harder fight for Makhchev versus Oliveira. I told Islam, even before the last fight, Volganovsky is going to be the tougher fighter than Charles Oliveira. Margaret Nadoff said he has good experience. Charles and Volganovsky has the same experience. But if you talk about fighting IQ and big heart, I think Volganovsky is better than him. I think Volganovsky is going to be the tougher opponent for Islam than Charles Oliveira. But who cares? We're going to finish this guy too. So what do you think about Khabib's analysis of Oliveira versus Volkanovski? I think I like Volkanovski, just this, his strength. Yeah. The way he, he he's, a, he's a stronger man, um, been in there with a lot of great fighters yeah. in that division, right? Um, but I think he would use his ground game, his his ability to put uh, Oliveira to the ground uh, to his advantage. Islam to the ground. Or Islam. Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about Oliveira. Um, no, so... Well, that changes everything, right? Because Islam and uh, Volkanovski, I think they're both going to be, it's going to both be great uh, wrestling matches. Right. And both are strong. Um, but I think Islam has a little bit more experience in the ground game. Yeah. What do you think? It's going to be interesting. I I I think that the height difference may may be an issue. Uh, we're gonna find out if Volganovski learned anything from the Oliveira fight against Islam. 
Um, but I think it's going to end the same way, to be quite honest with you. I think uh, it'll be second round, uh, Mox Jeff submitting Volganovsky. You think we're going to have a long reign for Islam Makashev, and will it be a long, boring reign? I think it's going to be, if you thought the Khabib reign was boring or whatever, you're going to get this 2.0 because 2.0. that's what it is. Yep, definitely. Well, it looks like Francis Ngannou has 90 days to get healthy um, and get everything together or he'll probably be stripped from his belt. The U- According to sources, Francis Ngannou versus John Jones is targeted for UFC 285 on March 4th in Las Vegas. If Ngannou's not healthy by then, then it will be UFC, then they will target John Jones versus Curtis Blades. According to sources, what do you think about that? Well, I want to know what happened to Stipe. I mean, he hasn't fought in almost two years. So Jones hasn't either. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Even longer, right? I mean, what happened to number one contender Stipe? I believe Stipe deserves a, a jump over... Or he's not even jumping; he's ahead of Curtis Blades. I don't get that. I believe that too. I mean, I, I I'm wondering where is Stipe because you know he's he's not according according to the sources. Yeah. That's not what he, they're targeting. But I, I I know I brought his name up and you weren't even talking about him. So let's go back to the original. So, what do you think the chances of, of us getting the Jones Francis Ngannou? Oh man, I haven't even had any updates of Ngannou. Yeah, I at know. all. I know um, if he's been already through uh, get any kind of surgery or yep. if he's healed up or he's yep. even training at yeah, all. I know, right? Because it's supposed to be December is whenever his targeted return date, right? Yeah. Like or initially. Um, but then, you know, I don't know. I, I just, but we still have him as champion. He's not, has not been stripped. He's the longest running UFC champion that hasn't been stripped yet. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Um, okay. Let's say he doesn't make it. You like a Jones Blades fight? I don't think he, Blades is deserving it right now. I don't think so either. Right? I think there's a bigger name out there. I don't know who else, who? but I mean, without looking at the rankings, I mean, of course, Stipe. Who who else? A uh, Cyril Gone. Yeah. What How about, about Cyril Gone? I know. I, yeah. It's crazy that that and and I'm trying to read between the lines and go. Or is that a tune-up fight for Jones? Are they trying to get the power, more powerful opponent for him, and see what happens against him? Right. I don't know what they're doing. So, we'll, I guess we'll time will only tell, right? Yeah, time will tell. Davison Figueredo says he put a spy in Brandon Morano's camp. <laughs> this coming January, UFC flyweight champion Figueredo will have a familiar task in front of him. He is slated to take on Brandon Morano for the fourth time as he looks to defend his title in his home country of Brazil. Although these two have faced off plenty of times before, there are always adjustments to be made. Prior to the next mount, these two champs met in Rio to hold a press conference and get a look at each other in person one more time before the fight. Figueiredo confirmed that he has been keeping a close eye on Morano and explained just how close. I have infiltrated someone in your team, Figueredo said. <laughs> so, do you believe him? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. That's a. Uh, I think it's more showmanship, gamemanship, right? Right. I, I think so. I mean, what do you, do you believe that there's a, a snitch that there's a rat in the camp? So you're telling me after 
They have four. fought four times <laughs> that you need to somehow infer- you don't know your opponent yet. Right, right. You want to get his secrets. Yeah, that there's some kind of hidden secret, new game plan that Brandon Morano's doing. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think you're right. It's just a bunch of gamemanship and a little chess move for him. Yeah, definitely. Well, it looks like we have um, an announced fight. Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny is going to set up is going to be set up for UFC 283 January 21st from Rio de Janeiro. The Brazilian will be fighting Neil Magny. How's that? That's that sounds like a good fight. That sounds like a great fight. Yeah, definitely. And, and it sounds like wait. it's on the ba- uh, same card as the Murano Figueiredo. Yeah, and uh yeah, exactly. Awesome. Do you have any other news and notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment for this week. Um, now on to our boxing segment, and that was a little bit light, too, this past week with only one fight on the card. Um, Jaime Munguia jumps right back into the ring against Gonzalo Correa um, in a middleweight division class live from Tijuana, Mexico. A very mismatched fight that saw the domination of the undefeated elite fighter. Jaime Munguia, the Mexican, going in against Gonzalo Correa uh, from Argentina. I mean, there's levels to this game. We both know, knew that it was not even going to be close. Um, it only lasted all of three rounds. Yeah, you know, the opening round was rather slow for me. You, you could see the rather larger Munguia uh, just taking his time, filling things out. But by the second round, it was clear Cora was in over his head. Just, just didn't have it. You know, right. definitely in the second round, uh, we do have our first knockdown of Korea. Um, it was a nice right hand as let's land it flush on the chin of Korea. Um, you're right, Jaime Munguia looked huge in that ring, yeah. he hydrated really well. Um, and you know, just a, a very big mismatch for uh, for this fight, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw in the third round, uh, Korea's face. Ma- made it clear he was no longer wanting to be in that ring. Exactly. He was literally looking to hang on rather than looking for a punch. In the end, we do have a TKO. Um, it's almost like a liver shot that um, pretty got him down, yeah. but technically TKO yep. for Mungia in the third round. What do you think's next for Jaime Mungia? 41-0. and 0. Uh, In the post-fight interview, Mungia says he is gunning for a shot at Triple G. However... The WBO has officially ordered a Mongia versus a McKinley mm. fight. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see a bigger fight, you know, than uh, than that. I mean, um, man, that would have been a great fight with uh, against Triple G. Yeah, and and here's the thing though, he's not going to go wrong because either either fight he, he gets, he's going to be fighting for a, a belt. So that's good. Like I said, I think I would love love to see love to have seen that Triple G fight. Yep. But I guess whoever they want him next to fight and finally get that belt, um, that's going to be great. And uh, you know, long long live the reign of Mungia, forty one and zero. Yeah. Now I don't know if you ever did you have a chance to do a little investigation. I did not. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you're gonna it's gonna be along the same lines as yeah. Gilberto Gilberto Ramirez. I believe that um, in that record, forty two, almost forty one and forty one and zero. That's that's and uh, never had a belt, right? And twenty six years old. He's had a, a belt in a different weight class. Okay. class, yeah. Okay, really? yeah, real young for that that record for sure. Well, that brings us to this week's big boxing events um, this Saturday. First, kicking us off, we have Jose Cepeda versus Regis Porgres live from Carson, California, on Fight TV, November twenty sixth. Um, this one is for 
a super a super lightweight title. So this is at 140 pounds. Josh Taylor is our current WBO, IBF, and WBC champion. The WBA is currently vacated. Now this is for the WBC title. Regis Porgris is 33 years old, 27 and 1 with 23 KOs. He is currently ranked 7th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO March of this year, and his last loss was in 2019. Now, Jose Sean Zapata is 33 years old, 35 and 2 with 27 KOs. He is currently ranked 10th in this division. His last fight was a, a win by TKO October of, of last year, and his last loss was also in 2019. Now, Pergras is a minus 450, and Zapata is a plus 285. Jose Cebeda is from Long Beach, California. He stands at 5'8", with a 70-and-a-half-inch reach. He now has a 77% knockout rate, with notable wins against Jose Pedraza and Ivan Branchik. Notable losses come against Jose Carlos Ramirez and Terry Flanagan. He is ranked 10th in the division by BoxRec. Regis Pargrace is from New Orleans, Louisiana. He stands at 5'8", with a 67-inch reach, with a 85% knockout rate. Wins coming against Tyron McKenna and Ivan Redcatch. Notable losses come against Josh Taylor. Poor Grace is ranked number seven um, in the world, according to BoxRec. Who do you have in this great matchup this Saturday? I really like Zapata. I mean, I like him as a fighter. I like watching him. But I think Progress just has too much. Oh no, I definitely am, am on the same track as you. Uh, I really like Cepeda. I like to to see him fight. Very durable. Uh, goes in and you know just trades blows with you if he wants to. If he wants to, I also have Regis Progress with a decision win. Okay, you have him by decision. I have Progress also by decision. Next up on the card, we have Zach Parker versus John Ryder um, live from London this Saturday on the DAZN Network. Uh, this is a super middleweight clash. This is at 168 pounds. Saul Canelo Alvarez is our current champion. This is for the vacant WBO interim title. Now, Zach Parker is 28 years old, 22-0 and 0, with 16 KOs. He is currently unranked due to his inactivity. His last fight was a win by TKO in the fourth round, November of last year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, John the Gorilla Ryder is 34 years old, 31 and 5 with 17 KOs. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by split decision, February of this year, and his last loss was in 2019. Now, Parker is a minus 270. And Riders at plus 185. Zach Parker is from the United Kingdom. He stands at six foot with a 73-inch reach. He now has a 72% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Marcus Morrison and Shazad Kurosanov. He has no losses. He is now ranked sixth in the division. John Ryder is from the United Kingdom. He stands at 5'9 with a 72-inch reach with a 54% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Joseph Zucro. And Mike and Mike Guy. Notable losses come against Daniel Jacobs and Rocky Feldling. He is ranked 54th in the division. Who do you think is going to win this match? Well, the problem for me is I like undefeated Kool-Aid fighters, but I don't like inactive fighters. Mm -hmm. He hasn't fought in a while. So is he going to come out rusty? Is it going to be this the 22-0 guy? Uh, I'm really conflicted. 
Um, but I'm going to say I'm going to go with the odds makers. I will take Parker by KO in the seventh round. You know, I would say I, I'm also going to go with Parker, a TKO in the ninth round. But I like John Ryder, and he's had these big fights against uh, Daniel Jacobs and yeah. Rocky Fedling. So he's he's fought the one of the uh, couple of the who's who of that division. Next up on the card, we have Dillian White versus Jermaine Franklin. Again, this is from London. It's a heavyweight division clash. This is at 200-plus pounds. Alexander Usyk, Tyson Fury, and Daniel Dubois is our current champions. Now, Dylan, the body snatcher White, is 35 years old, 28-3 with 19 KOs. He is currently ranked sixth in this division. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the sixth round, April of this year, and he debuted in 2011. Now, Jermaine 989 Assassin Franklin is 29 years old, 21 and 1 with 14 KOs. He is currently ranked 54th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the fifth round, May of this year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, White is a massive favorite at a minus 1400, and Franklin is a plus 600. Dillian White is from the United Kingdom. He stands at 6'4 with a 78-inch reach. He now has a 67% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Alexander Povetkin and Derek Chisora. Notable losses come against Tyson Fury and Alexander Povetkin. He's ranked 6th in the heavyweight division, according to BoxRec. Jermaine Franklin is from Saginaw, Michigan. He stands at 6'2 with a 77-inch reach. He has a 56 or 66. He has a 66% knockout rate with notable wins against Rodney Moore and Pavel Sauer. He has no losses. Uh, Franklin is ranked 54th in the division uh, and he's undefeated. So, you know, you you drinking some of this Kool-Aid? I am absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think uh, White's going to rebound from that loss this year in April. Uh, I like him by TKO in the fourth round. No, definitely. I like also Dillian White by TKO in the seventh round. Well, we've got uh, a few good boxing matches this week. Yeah, we definitely do have uh, our uh, our plates full. You know, we got some in the morning, I think, morning, mid-afternoon. Yeah. And then evening with uh, Regis Prograce against uh, Jose Cepeda. Yeah, it should be good. It's going to be a great fight. That brings us to our boxing news and notes. De La Hoya has come out and said, we have bent over backwards to make the Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia fight happen. I want to bring the best fights to you. That's it, De La Hoya said on his Instagram live stream. That's what we do best, basically. Ryan wanted this fight. Tank wanted this fight. So we came to terms and we bent over backwards, making everything happen and making sure everybody's happy. All we need to do is sign on the dotted line. That's basically it. I am so happy that DAZN and Showtime are going to work together to bring you guys this special fight. So... Sounds like this fight may be on. Are you excited? Oh, very excited. It is. It's actually a catch weight. So it's going to be in, you know, not in either or's division. Um, but they do agree to it. And hopefully, um, I don't I don't think they have a date set just yet. But, um, man, that's going to be one of the greater fights of uh, the year, especially kicking off uh, the 2023 season. So it's not going to be for Tank Davis's belt. They're just going to. I don't do think so. Yeah, I think it's catchweight. Catch yeah, catchweight. Okay. Yeah, just uh, bring what the viewers want, right? Hey, I'm in. So early on, who are you liking in that? Because I know you're a Garcia fan. Yeah, but um, 
That's a tough one. That's it a tough one. It is a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I like the speed of Garcia. I like the power of Javante Davis. I know. So what's 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 be- given? beneficial? Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Uh, Can Davis with his power catch Garcia in his speed? That's what we're looking for, right? Now, if they fight in Los Angeles, that's uh, the backyard of uh, Garcia. Garcia. And if they fight in Maryland, I believe Maryland, Baltimore, that's the the backyard of uh, Tank Davis. So that kind of will, will will also set the stage. I would got to think they're going to do neutral zone, don't you? Yeah, Dallas. How about Dallas? Dallas? Yeah, road trip. Road trip. Okay, definitely. Right. It's that. Um, man, just uh from. This far out, looking in, I uh, will look at Tank Davis right now to win in the fight. I agree. Well, it looks like uh, Teofimo Lopez is back in the ring this uh, December uh, on December tenth, live from New York City. But his um, his opponent Jose Pedreza has withdrawn um, due to a non COVID illness. Instead, drum roll, please. We have the twenty nine year old. Uh, Sandor Martin making his uh, making his ring appearance in New York. Well, that fight just leveled up. Yeah, sure did, didn't it? I, Martin Martin is forty and two with thirteen knockouts, and remember, he made a name for himself by defeating, getting a major upset against Mikey Garcia. He did. He did. I was kind of hoping you were going to say Spence instead, but I knew that <laughs> right. wasn't going to yeah, happen. That, that, yeah. that probably wouldn't have happened. Now, definitely Lopez is 17-1, and one, trying to bounce back, um, get back into that division title um, against um, maybe Combosas if, okay. it, it, or against um, Devin Haney down the line if he stays in the division or, you know, see what's next on uh, moving on up. Nice. WBA orders Yang Mei Chu versus Alicia Baumgartner. For the undisputed title fight. Now, Young Mei Chu has held her super featherweight title since 2017. Chu is 20 0 1, and Baumgartner is 13 1. What do you think about that fight? Um, yeah, you know what? I like that. I, I like it. I'm a Baumgartner fan, so I, I really uh, like her, and I think, you know, she, she continues her domination, I think. I was kind of reading further in that article, and they were talking about how Chu, who's held that super featherweight title since 2015, has kind of avoided fights. They were kind of saying that in there and that they finally got her nailed down because I guess her management team is very difficult to deal with. So I'm right, definitely. I th- I'm pretty sure, yeah. you know, not to say anything about um, Asians or in that side of the world. Yeah. I think they stick to that side of the yeah. world. They only fight those type of those fighters yeah. over there. So it's very, very hard to set something up once if their champion becomes a, like a WBC, WBA champion. It's very hard to fight someone from Europe or United States. Well, I'm glad to see that that's going to be unifier. And I, and I am also a Baumgartner uh, fan. And uh, I'm glad she's going to get a chance to unify that division if possible. All right. Um, well, after a May tune-up... Canelo Alvarez wants to rematch Demetri Bivol. Um, do you want to see the rematch of that? I do not because I thought he got dominated. I, I think so too. But um, how about uh, when Bivol dominated again against Ramirez? So it kind of even solidified a little bit more um, your, the, your standing, right? Yeah, he kind of pushed even farther away from that rematch with um, Canelo Alvarez by his 
you know, just his work in the ring the last two fights. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, uh, Canelo Alvarez, um, he's, of course, you know, the number five pound-for-pound fighter. He is watching a fight that just got announced last week where we have a super middleweight bout between Caleb Plant and David Benavides, and it's going to be a mandatory uh, fight that's that was ordered by the WBC. Um, I think the winner has to fight Canelo. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. I, th- right? I I think that's a must for sure. Yeah, because I think for the last couple of months, I believe, uh, Benavides has been calling out uh, calling out um, Canelo. And, of course, Canelo has uh, taken out Caleb Plant in the past. Yep, absolutely. Do you have any other boxing news? I do next? not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment for this week. And now on to our Pick'em League. Yeah, so uh, we only had well, we only had four to pick from last week. One of them dropped out, so we only had three. Um, you went one and one in MMA, okay, and you went one and zero in boxing, put you at ten wins, okay. I went also went one and one in MMA, one and zero in boxing. I am at twelve wins. All right. For our players, we have Shane at four, we have Everett at nine, we have Loretta at nine. We have you at 10. We have Dom at 12 and Lynn at 12 and Allen at 12. We also have Omar at 12. All right. And we have our sole leader right now, Dan, at 15. Wow. All right. Yep. Well, thank you to everyone that's participating in our Pick'em League um, this Friday. Again, well, when you when this comes out, it'll be Friday day after thanksgiving uh, happy thanksgiving to everyone that that um that's listening to us uh make sure you submit your picks for this weekend's um pick em leak and as always any late breaking combat sports news make sure you check it out on our instagram or facebook well that wraps things up for us thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show we hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions be sure to follow us again on facebook and instagram and twitter and all the social media outlets Uh, that's it for this week i'm daniel and i'm alan have a great week everyone and keep your hands up and happy fighting we'll see you next week